good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and anything else that would apply. This morning's talk is, the topic is uh, block sitting. So block sitting meditation. This is a, a powerful a tool that if you wish to practice, observe this form, it will help you. It's going to take a while, but it can help you see more clearly what's happening with your mind uh, and with the world. Amazingly enough, you might not like what you see. So I've been teaching this uh, after practicing it myself at different points. Uh, started teaching this basically in prisons uh, years ago because inmates are in a situation where they can't do retreat. They can't, there's no way, there's no structure there. So I taught this uh, originally in that form. So the idea here is that you find a time, 12 noon to four in the afternoon, find a time, sit down, strike a bell. You could bow or whatever, hold, in a, hold yourself in a symmetrical position on a cushion, on a chair, on the floor, and look at something that is not moving, preferably a wall, but it could be a refrigerator, could be a, a trunk of a tree, possibly. Something that is not moving. Eyes open. All the senses are open. Your attitude is one of just receive. Just receive. This is not about production. Production is when you get off the cushion and do whatever the hell you want. But if you want to train your mind, you're going to need to sit down and hold as still as you can. It's a deliberate movement reduction. You're deliberately reducing your activity. If you can do that in your mind, fine, but don't struggle with that. If the mind insists on producing thoughts and ideas and uh, uh, feelings, emotions, conclusions, whatever may arise, those are your Dharma gates. Those are your objects of meditation. The way I teach it, this is taught a lot differently, different ways. I was even taught differently. I was not taught this particularly but this is the way it looks, and so therefore I am teaching it in this way. Just a, a block of awareness. You're sitting down, you're going to hold still, and you're just going to be aware. It's the only job, and you are aware of whatever is in motion. And it could be, I don't care if it's intense anger about what someone said. I don't care if it's uh, running through a, a recipe on banana cream pie. I don't care what it is. The object is not important. What is important? The awareness, the space in which things occur. This is what you're endeavoring to clear up because it is full of crap. If you think otherwise, then maybe you're in good shape. Maybe you don't need to do this. Don't do anything unless you have to, especially this. You don't have to do this. Go do something else. I'm not here to order anybody around. And I would say that you should. You could use that approach on everyone else. Don't interfere with people's confusion just because you can see it clearly. That's very, very disrespectful to someone who is confused to go in and try to correct them. I don't care if it's your child. If you have questions about this later, please ask them. So the idea is to observe what is moving. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am going to take this a little bit further than I usually do, although this keeps showing up. So I'm going to teach it in this way. So sit down, four hours later, ring the bell, get back up and Go hang out with your homies or whatever you want to do. 
But in that four-hour period, and it has to be four, three hours is just three hours of meditation. It's not block sitting. If you sit three and a half hours, it's not block sitting. So don't call it that. Call it three hours of meditation, which is quite a bit. The interesting thing here is about watching the movement. You sit down, you hold still, you strike the gong, and you watch what moves. It could be birds outside the window. It could be noise from the other room. It could be your own discursive thought rumbling up over and over and over again about how much you don't like this or don't like that or don't like yourself. And quite often the self-dislike is accompanied by intense feelings that don't seem to have a source. Everything has a source. What would I say about that? You're not going to be able to find it. Don't look for sources. Look at the surface. If you look at the surface, eventually when it's time, dependent origination, pratitya samutpada, look it up. When it's time, you won't be able to help but go under. But don't do that out of an activity uh, or an attitude or a, a, a motivation of trying to fix yourself. This is what the ego wants to do because it wants to be included. It wants to be a, a fixer. Yeah, the ego wants to fit. I want to fix my, I want to be better. I want to be a better self. Don't bullshit yourself. Or go ahead, do that. I can't stop you. <laughs> I don't want to stop you. What do I want to do? I want to help you see clearly who you are and why you're possibly spinning in circles. You may need to become a Buddhist. You may need to become ordained. That's not my business. I teach to people where they're at. And quite often, students of mine have no interest in uh, being Buddhist, particularly. Even though they're uh, studying the Buddhist teachings. So this is not about a macho thing where you sit down and make yourself stay there for four hours. Uh, I've told people uh, probably many times to uh, sit down, find the time that you can do this, where you've got four hours, where you're not going to be particularly interrupted, strike the bell, and stay there. And if 20 minutes later, five minutes later, you just can't stay there anymore, get up. Go do something else. Go look out the window. Go sit on the couch. Go work on your com computer. But at the end of the four hours, if you want to practice this form, you have to observe the movement. So you're sitting down and then you're in this four-hour period. You come back four hours later and always complete the form. If you don't complete the form, then you didn't hear what I said. Or at least or you don't just don't care about it. Four hours later, come back and <laughs> bow to the wall or the altar or to your uh, tree stump whatever it may be, bow, show respect, just an act of respect, get up and go do whatever you want. The next time you come back to die and you decide to do that, strike the bell, sit down. Maybe this time you stay there for an hour and then you can't do it anymore. Or maybe you, you can do it, but you're very antsy. Then I would say stand up. Maybe walk around a little bit. Go see who's in the kitchen. And then come back to the cushion, sit back down, and finish the time. If you can, without, without pushing. This is not about obeying a form. I teach, as my teachers have taught me, you observe the form. You don't obey it. Obeying forms is a different kind of path. It's not this one. As I've said many times, I don't want followers. Don't believe anything I said. Don't do anything I said. I say. But if something resonates or makes sense, you might want to consider it. 
or you can go for whatever uh, lifetime you have left and continue to spin. Or maybe you'll find another path that uh, is more workable for you personally. You have to trust yourself on some level, maybe on many levels. So when you get up, let's well, say you sit there, use some examples here. Say you, you sit down, block sitting, strike the bell. Maybe two hours later, you just, it's just too much. You, you, need to, you need a break or you need whatever you're telling yourself because you're watching those movements of thoughts also. And I would say, don't believe them, don't disbelieve them, but you might have to get up. But it will be, if you're just observing, it will be more choiceless. It won't be a particular choice. You just can't sit there anymore. So pay attention. Pay attention to what's ha- what's moving in the mind. Movement, movement. Whatever's moving, watch what moves. If you can, don't add to it. It's a stick. Don't take away from it. It's a dirty stick. And don't ignore it. What stick? Those are the three ways we tend to confuse ourselves. So you sit down, strike the bell, sit there, 20 minutes, half an hour, two hours, maybe longer. You just need to get up. Maybe you're just, you're hungry. You need to go to the cupboard or something, get something to eat, bring it back to the cushion, sit down, eat, finish that four hour block, observe the block, observe the form. And how do you do that? You watch what moves in it. If you sit down for four hours, all you're watching that moves is the thought patterns coming and going. Eventually, it might be your commentary on how peaceful you are. These are lies. Don't believe anything. Don't believe anything that your mind is saying to you. Don't disbelieve it. And don't block it out, either through just out and out ignoring or through other kinds of activity or chemicals, for that matter. So observe it's an awareness block. So observe what moves. So ideally, you could say you would sit down, like the bell, sit there, use an analog clock. Don't use digital clocks. Do not use a cell phone or a smartphone. You can have it in the other room, but use where something where there's actual movement because you need to watch movement. You need to watch that minute hand, second hand go. You don't have, it, have, to, have to have it in front of your face, but you can have it over here for a reference so that you actually sit four hours. Watch the movement. Watch the movement. And then as you're watching that movement of the the thought forms, the emotions, the memory, remembering something that happened three weeks ago, three months, maybe in your childhood even, if you sit there enough, you'll go through a whole lot of forms, sometimes called memories, sometimes called discursive thought, sometimes called calculation and logic and all the other movements. Awareness doesn't do anything. It's not, it has no phenomenological position, it has no, as the fancy word is, no ontological status as a thing. So you sit down, you strike the bell. I'm going to keep doing this. Watch what moves. And that movement may go from watching the thoughts come and go to watching your body get up off the cushion and watching your body in the four hour period, watching your body move to the kitchen, watching your hand reach for the refrigerator watching your eyes move towards what's in the refrigerator. I'm being a little silly here, but I'm saying watch the movement. The four hours is to observe movement. Do as little as possible, but if you have to get up, get up. You'll know. Every every person here, if, if, you, if you even decide to do this, you will know exactly when you need to get up. You'll sit there 
And you may have a little commentary that might come up that said, I've had enough of this. Or Sokazan said I could go have a sandwich. I didn't say that. You can have a cookie, no sandwich. No, you can, you can, what I'm saying is I'm trying to do this in such a way that I'm, I'm encouraging you to pay attention to the movements in your mind so that you can watch movement because the movement of a thought, the movement of a human being walking through your meditation space are not separate. They're not two different things. They manifest differently, but they are just phenomena. What we're doing is slowly, you could say, this is a way of saying it, depersonalizing the phenomena. But we're doing it very gently, very slowly, with great respect to the phenomena. You have to respect confusion. You, you will not unwind your confusion by drugging yourself, forcing this, forcing that. I don't care what it is. You, you can't force it. I didn't spend four years in the Marine Corps and forget everything that happened there to see how, how well force works. It does not work. It does to control, but it doesn't uh, work in a respectful way towards human beings. Not a good idea. So, the idea here is to watch the subtle, if you're there for four hours, just watch the subtle movements. Just watch, observe, just receive, just receive. If you can, don't add to it, no comment. If you have really discursive uh, discursive thoughts that are very negative, just observe. It's just phenomenal. Even though your mind, your self-centered mind, might be adding onto it uh, ideas and opinions and con uh, con um, uh, conclusions about that, that won't last. What will last is anything you mess with. You meddle with anything, it's going to hang around. I don't care how how much it seems like it's starting to fade out. Won't do that because if something's starting to fade out and you comment on it, it's coming back. I think I'm getting rid of my confusion. I, th I used to feel really bad, but I'm feeling really good now. This is called spiritual materialism, as addressed by my teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. Subtle movements. And then when you, if you do need to get up, just to go to the bathroom, just then, then just watch the movement, the gross movements. We'll, call, we'll differentiate a little bit. But it's just movement. Watch the movement. I'm not saying uh, when the four-hour block is up that you need to be aware of your movements all the time. Uh, I don't teach meditation in action as a, as a tool particularly. I do it individually. If a person's having particular kinds of issues, I may talk individually about how to work with that, especially if it's in relationship to other people. But generally, uh, sharpen the knife when you're sharpening the knife, when you get up off the cushion, chop the vegetables or chop wood, whatever you need to do. But don't sharpen something at the same time you're using it, sometimes called meditation and action. Not a good idea. I'm just coming from 40 some years of doing this. So I'm coming out of what I have experienced or what I've seen or what I've understood, not out of what I've been told. And I've been told a lot. That doesn't mean I'm disagreeing with any of that. I'm just maybe realigning it based on how I see it. You'll notice each teacher, uh, whether, whether well-known or, or a nobody, will teach out of their, out of their inside of their understanding and not just repeat what their teacher said, though there may be some of that. So it's a block of awareness that's uh, four hours long. I would say try to keep hold that form if you're going to do this. Just hold the form. Sit down. Hold the form for four hours. And if you're doing this in a group, then uh, sometimes, uh, as we do at the monastery, every Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon, uh, as of late, people are doing that in a group. And you can see someone else sitting in real time as you're doing uh, on uh, 
um, uh, Zoom. And sometimes it's helpful to sit down, you know, the, the, the timekeeper or the, the Dewan strikes a bell, but you can also have a bell. If you don't have a bell, get a water glass, fill it half full, get a spoon. Ding, works fine. Start, sit symmetrical. If you can do this uh, mudra, cosmic mudra, left over right with the thumb slightly touching, forming an oval with your first fingers and your thumb. This is a, a good symmetrical thing that you will probably never do casually. Whereas uh, resting the mind mudra, hands on the knees is something we do casually quite often. So we need to make it a little bit special. It's special if you have a wall. It's special if you have a cushion. It's special that you're sitting very symmetrical because the mind is uh, in asymmetry all the time. So you're going to do what you can to respect the symmetry, the natural symmetry of the world, starting with your own body form. The world is nuts. I don't need to explain that to you. But we aren't going to be able to do much about that. The, the momentum that is happening, the insanity that's been happening, has been going on, as you've heard me say before, uh, way before the Peloponnesian Wars, and it's back again, and it's going to leave, and it'll get better, and it'll get worse, get better, get worse. It's called uh, um, the Eight Worldly Dharmas. Eight Worldly Dharmas. Look it up. It's about grasping this and rejecting that. Well, I want this, but I don't want that. I want this, but I don't want that. This is what's happening in, in your mind, my mind. So it's not about getting rid of it. It's an astonishing thing to get. It sounds so simple to say it, but people will continue to go back and try to fight with it. And I'm saying, just watch the battlefield. Just watch the stage. Stay in the damn front row. If you can, don't leave the theater. Ignorance. Don't join in. Passion, aggression. But also, if you find yourself spontaneously getting up out of the theater seat and running in and trying to uh, tangle with uh, some aspect of your mind, then don't do anything with that either. You've done nothing wrong. Everything is dependently arisen. There is no one to do anything wrong. Don't believe a word I say. You have to see this yourself. If you don't realize no self, yourself, or your own consciousness, anything I say is just useless. Don't believe a word I say. But since you're listening, you could consider it. You could consider training your mind. You could consider, especially this day when we can't all come together and do a retreat in physical space like we were doing because of the weird stuff happening with the people dying. You could create your own retreat like I talked to the inmates in Michigan uh, prisons uh, many years ago about sit down, create your own, sit down. And they would say, well, it's too noisy. They're making too much racket. I said, well, get some toilet paper and put it in your ears. You create a baffle. The important thing here is to hold still for whatever length of time you can without being uh, without being macho about it. So hold very still. And then if you find your body mind complex is different than others, you might you might have to lean back. You might have back difficulties. Be respectful of anything that's happening by way of pleasure, pain, or neutrality. Be very respectful of that. Don't fight with yourself because that kind of uh, Pushing and pulling and objecting to and ignoring just creates more circularity. It's sort of like riding on a, a Ferris wheel or a merry-go-round or a tilt-a-whirl with a blindfold on. You, it doesn't looks like it feels like a straight line, but it's circular. And when you sit down and look at the wall, you, you, the, the the blinders are falling away. But you can't you can't grasp onto that as an accomplishment. If you think you're getting more clear, let me help you here. You are not. The, path, the mundane path is about learning how to um, uh, 
uh, mow lawns or learning how to do dishes or learning how to cook uh, pizza. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and as does the path to liberation. A beginning, suffering, a middle, training the mind, awareness practice, studying uh, the truth and the relative truth and ultimate truth, bodhicitta, the mind of awakening. But liberation, there's no one there to be liberated. So you will not have a conclusion. If someone's telling you they're liberated, uh, they, uh, they're probably not. <laughs> I'm not saying there aren't a few people that might claim that. I know a few that have told me they were free of their personal self. And what did I say? Interesting. That must feel pretty, pretty good. I don't disagree with them. Nor do I agree. If you transcend this world, uh, you won't see anybody else. Unless someone comes and presents their position to you as, I'm suffering, I need help. Then, then because you're not separate from that person and you're not separate from their confusion, you've no, no longer gotten rid of any anything. You still have the same confusion everybody else has. Otherwise, you couldn't teach. What's different? No solid entity anywhere. No identity. The identity is has been seen through as illusory. The identity here and the identity out there might take a long time. Start now. Do some block sitting. Watch subtle movements when you're when the body can be held very still. Watch the subtle movements. Pay attention that when you need to get up off the cushion, get up. This is not a accomplishment it's not a it's not there's no test we study the dharma every day at the monastery and if somebody wanted to come in and test they're not going to be allowed to do that this is not a university it's not about getting better see who's the smartest who who can remember uh, uh the name of this that or the other thing if we did that uh i they'd fire me because i don't remember anything somebody fired me subtle movements gross movements, and at some point, those are not two different things, but we have to start somewhere. I have some questions, if you have them, take some questions. Shoka Bowing, if we're looking to block sit in our uh, practice, how often should we do that? I think it's different for each person. Uh, some people uh, probably should just do have a daily practice for a while. I think it's different. Anytime I talk to somebody, I, I teach to that person. If I, I, uh, you've had interviews with me, many of them. When I'm having an inter interview with you, there isn't anyone, anyone but you. So I would teach to you. So I would say with you, you should box it every day, all day long. <laughs> In your situation, since you're busy uh, trying to pay off some loans and you're working all the time, uh, I would say try to get um, and that being that you're a fully ordained monk, you're a novice monk, and uh, you live in a monastery as a as a priest, then I would say uh, at least once a week with your with your work schedule. So maybe the morning on Thursday or the afternoon on Thursday, if you can do two of them, that's great. But I wouldn't push it. And and if there's a week comes where you're just too busy, you can't do it, then then you can't. But you could set up the form. Is that helpful, or do you need more feedback? How do I bring in the uh, the desire to want to rest 
into that block set? Well, there's a couple of things you can do since you've been meditating for many years and you've you've done solitary retreats and, and you also have our compromise your body uh, situation to compromise because you're probably eating bad food. <laughs> That's a private joke. <laughs> uh, I would say you might have to do some. So if you're block sitting and you feel like I just I'm sitting up straight, uh, you might try by uh, just leaning back in a chair or sitting in a chair, actually, instead of sitting cross-legged. Uh, do not meditate while you're laying down at all. You should, if you're going to, if you need some kind of support, then at least uh, limit it to leaning back in a chair. When you lay down, you should sleep or rest or hang out or uh, read a comic book. Keep it very simple. And if in the middle of the block set, if you really feel tired, then of course, of course, go with your awareness, how you feel. You may have to get up and go and go uh, lay down for a half an hour of the block set. But if it becomes habitual, then then something is uh, something's uh, going on that is fishy. When I say fishy, nothing against fish. But it's, it's something about it is uh, trying to find a way to manipulate or modify that which needs to see the truth. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So you may do, you could do a little bit of that and you could watch the movement over to your bed where you're going to lay down for a while. And then also be aware if you're laying in bed, then be aware of the movement on the bed. If there is any, maybe there's none, maybe you fall asleep. I think it's a very personal, we could talk about it in a, possibly in a private interview. If you, if this is really a strong topic for you, but I, I don't, I don't think it's that important. You need to rest, go rest. Do the block sit, sit down, strike the bell, or in your situation, you probably going by the 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 doan who's in the in the zendo in the monastery, and you see them on uh, Zoom. Isn't that how you do box sit? You watch people on other people on Zoom. Yes, no. Yeah, if I'm done with working time. Okay, well, yeah. If there's if there's somebody meditating, you can't watch them if if you're not there. So was that an excuse why you don't do that? I kind of detected a little bit of a, yeah, if I'm done, I'm work on time. Yeah. But if I, I you think I'm going to come back and say, I don't care if you're work on, done uh, with work on time at all. You should start block sitting wherever you're at. In your car on the way back from Kalamazoo, start block sitting. Is that what you thought I was going to say? <laughs> I'm sorry if it's not funny to you, uh, to the rest of you, but it's hilarious to me. <laughs> Further question from anyone? Shoto bowing. If we have um, something like falling asleep or needing to eat that keeps consistently showing up in the block sit, should we adjust things outside of the block sit to keep them from showing up during no, no, the block no. sit? Not particularly. I wouldn't do that. I mean, if you're just saying uh, maybe I should eat something first, yeah, if it's simple like that, but don't do it as a manipulation. If you need to eat, then eat. But you might, if you're not hungry before the block set, don't eat so that you won't get hungry in the block set. So don't try to do a perfect block set. Leave it to the, the, the bell. Sit down. Start or have the, the dough on could start and then see what happens. You may have eaten before. You may not. It's about awareness, not what happens in the awareness. Did, did that make sense or did I miss your question in some way that that? you would like me to address again. Sure, no, that was, that, 
that was where I was asking about. Okay. Yeah. Don't manip- don't manipulate. You know, a little. If you think well, I'm kind of hungry now, you could eat before you start. But you could also uh, two hours into it, that, then you might actually be hungry and or, or had something else that needs to happen. Then that can happen in the block set. But it's an awareness practice, and the awareness is about what is moving in the awareness. So we're trying to make be as minimalist as possible. In other words, less is better. It's uh, kind of the 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 uh, instead of saying social distancing in our situation. We've been doing this for centuries. Uh, it's basically called eight worldly dharmas distancing. You're taking yourself away from the cr- insanity of the world. Uh, in ancient times, they uh, had to go into the forest, had to go up into the mountaintops. Some, uh, in China, there's still monks living on tops of mountains in huts. Chisho. 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 What is special about uh, four hours? You're calling it out very specifically four and not three and a half and not three or not even five perhaps. Yeah. What's so special about four? Uh, it's a, a really nice number. I really like it. Uh, it kind of looks like a tree with one limb missing. No, I'm being silly, but I'm just saying that I've done three, I've done four, I've done eight, I've done, and it looks like I have to have some kind of reference point. So. I've noticed that the three, three and a half hour one, uh, there's something that happens in that last uh, that last hour if that's all you're doing. Now, if you're sitting, if you're in a solitary retreat and you're sitting eight hours a day, then then that might show up quite quite a bit differently because the forms on each side of that are so strong. But if you're, you know, if you're coming home from work or if you're uh, get up in the morning or I mean, it just depends on what it is. So that four hours, I mean, it could be three hours and 38 minutes that might be ideal for you. And if you were to do 10 or 15 block sets and find that you really need to do four and a half hours or or three and uh, three and a half hours or something, I, I would say you probably could move that based on your understanding of it. But what the idea there is that first two and a half hours is doable. It's doable for the self-centeredness. It, generally speaking, it's doable. We can actually do it. We can actually accomplish. But that last hour, that fourth hour gets very the ego mind, I'm going to say this uh, very um, definitely, uh, but uh, don't believe in anything I say. But the ego mind actually goes to sleep that last hour. And so it's just bare attention is there. That's just a, an ideal way of talking about it. It doesn't always happen that way, but it's more likely to happen if you sit down, especially if you do nothing but just sit there the whole time. That being said, it is about watching what moves. It's about stretching the awareness. And how do you stretch or increase or strengthen the awareness? to watch what moves in it without adding anything. Because if you add something, it's thinking. If you take something away, it's thinking. If you ignore it, it's thinking. Conceptual mind keeps coming up and replacing or eating or sucking a life out of the awareness. And all the awareness goes into intellect and thinking and what I should and what I shouldn't do and what they said. And what do you think about what he's thinking about what they're thinking? I don't know. Oh, I wasn't thinking about what he was thinking. What were you thinking? Were you thinking the same thing he was thinking? Were you thinking something different? Well, I don't know. I'd have to talk to, to him about what he's thinking. Well, that doesn't seem very fair. I just told you, I just asked you a question. And now you want to go and ask him about what he was thinking about? You're totally ignoring what I just was pointing out. Not you, Chisho. I know you followed everything I just said. <laughs> what I'm saying is keep it very simple. Keep it very minimal. Sit down, hold still. And if you do, if you can do that for four hours, uh, and I, again, I'm saying I'm not, the four hours isn't a magical number, even though I like fours. 
but but you could you could do more or less than that. But anything three around three hours is probably not enough to to really uh, uh, cut into the discursive thought that tends to fill up the consciousness the first uh, uh, two and a half three hours. We can we can kind of do that. That's doable. That's why uh, when we uh, have someone go into a solitary retreat, they go in for ten days, not a week, because a week is doable. Ten days is really difficult, especially the last couple of days, because it's it's not a standard amount of time that we that we can use that concept of a week or there's no concept of ten days, but there is a week, there is a month, there is a day, there is an hour. So we, those tend to to support some kind of uh, uh, artificial. Um, energy that protects us from seeing the emptiness that is the nature of reality. I want to help you see what this is. I don't want to help you avoid it. So go on, Bowie. Yes, so go on. If um, I get up in the middle of a block sit and go outside for half an hour, does my ego mind still go to sleep during the last hour of the four-hour block sit? doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't it? Doesn't matter. So what's important is to start the block set, end the block set. What happens in there is your is your causes and conditions that arise as your particular flavor of karma, your particular situation. So yes, it, if I were to address that directly and just as one one inquiry, I would say probably. But we're not talking about stopping that. We want to see. We don't need to stop or start or uh, try to control anything. So that's why we have a form and we observe it. And then how you do that form, how uh, Sokaran or David or uh, or Kevin or anyone else doing that form, how, that's going to show up differently for each person and differently each time. Uh, every block set will have, some will be quite easy, some will be very hard, some will be kind of neutral, some will be kind of boring, some will be kind of entertaining because you're not doing much. There's lots of room in there for the consciousness for forms and uh, all kinds of paraphernalia can come, up, can come up in that in that stream. Do nothing with it. Don't buy it. Don't sell it. Don't no no merchandising mentality at all. Just observe. It's just like when I say it's just, it's not exactly, but it's somewhat like watching clouds in the sky. They're interesting. If you watch them for hours, they're interesting, but they're really none of your business. You can't. You, the way I say that, you can't do anything about them. And I'll think if you look closely, you can't do anything about your thoughts. Not in the radical way that you, your ego, would like to, as Trangu Rinpoche said years ago. If you do nothing to thoughts, thoughts will do nothing to you. So just observe. Don't add. I like it. I, I like it. Don't subtract. I don't like it. That's no good. That shouldn't happen. And don't shut down. What problem? I don't see anything. Everything's fine. So plan bowing. So if I've been um, off the cushion for a half an hour, 45 minutes, it feels like too long. So I either feel like I failed block sit and will try to extend the time or maybe just feel like giving up. So what should I be extending the time if I've been away from the No, no. Sit the block set. Start the block set with the intention to you're going to start at seven and then at 11 or whatever it may be and see what happens in that time. Start it with a bell, end it with a bell. Even if you're on Zoom listening to them do that at the monastery, 
have your own bell or your own water glass or what you have a bell. So I know you do. So start and end and see what happens in that time. It's an awareness practice, not an accomplishment practice. You get no gold star for doing 15 block sets in a row without ever moving. I might even hit you. Well, I wouldn't hit you because, well, you're a long ways away. You might hit back. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I'm being silly, but I'm just saying, no, just that's I'm emphasizing this. That's why I wanted to teach a class on it. I'm teaching it individually. I might have talked about block sitting in the past, a different, but I wanted to really emphasize this. This is a way, especially during this COVID time, where you could set aside a time. You could use the monastery as someone to Zoom with. You do it on your own. I don't know if it makes much difference. It'd be kind of up to you. But keep the form. In other words, start with the form. Again, here we go. Have a analog clock, a wrist, a wrist watch or a kitchen clock four hours later and try to keep that as precise. Observe that form. You can't control you can't control time, but you can at least observe it. And it looks like you can control space, but probably not. That's an illusion. Find out. Don't believe your thoughts, but don't ignore them. You've heard me say that. Five times, probably. Further questions are good if you have them. Kevin Bowling. Yes, Kevin. So, Kuzan, I've heard you say uh, when sitting to give everything our attention. Yes. In block sitting, I feel that as the hours progress, there, that, 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 that saying implies a kind of nimbleness to me. And I feel that the more that I sit, the more I feel like a big blob of oatmeal. Mm -hmm. Is that still giving everything yeah. my attention? Yes, that's awareness. But what what you how you feel and what you call it are two different things. The feeling of a blob of oatmeal uh, is not actually a blob of oatmeal. It's how you feel. But then you name it something because you need to have a. Re I'm saying you need to have a reference point for what that is. And I would say, insofar as you can, don't name. But don't don't fight with the mental pro don't fight with the thinking process. If it just crawls up on the uh, on the uh, on the tabletop and says I'm I'm a blob of oatmeal, then just observe that form. More, Kevin. I, I guess I'm just seeing that I still have this transactional idea that like if I sit a lot, I'm gonna like be the person who's receiving really well all of the that that'll never happen. I mean, I don't know that for sure. I'm not predicting the future, and uh, but but probably not. That's a that's a kind of a, a goal that most people have when they start meditating. I had it myself. Uh, there, it's a it's a journey without goal. It's a journey. It's always a journey. It's a journey as long as you're you're alive and living form. It's a journey without goal. There is no there's nothing to accomplish. There's just the truth. And if you if you want it, then it's available. It's been available. Even longer than that, but historically, in our in our lineage, for twenty five hundred years, as long as you meet a true teacher, you've got to talk to a true teacher. You can't talk to somebody who's promoting Buddhism as a way of making money, or getting fame, or getting anything. If you do, I'm not saying that might not be fun; <laughs> it might be a lot of fun, but it won't. But it won't help you because the person will try to manipulate you to get you to function in a different way. More questions about that are great. I, I like those questions because uh, um, it's uh, uh, a question I think a lot of people might have, but don't might not know how to ask. Possibly, 
So if this is a, a journey without goal and there are no guarantees, then what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> no, you're, you're a uh, simple way of putting it. You're uh, training your mind. You're training your mind to see more clearly. And that the, the issue that comes up that makes it difficult is how we think we're going to be ego when we see more clearly. But that, the as Trunk Rinpoche said uh, a long time ago, uh, 50 years ago or 48 years ago, um, ego cannot witness his own funeral. It would like to be there and be and see the enlightenment happening, but it can't because it's a, uh, uh, he, his way of saying it is that it's the death of ego. My way of saying it is that you don't have to, ego doesn't have to die because it's, uh, it's not real. If you see that it's not real, then it can come and go. It may resurrect itself at certain times, but you always see that it's unreal, that it's, uh, uh, it's transparent. And so therefore, uh, it can be quite comical. I sometimes refer to it as a clown on the roof of your house. It might be there. It might be on the roof of your house. It can't do much there. And, but it's a clown. In other words, it's functioning out of some kind of artificial identity that is meant to be engaging or humorous or, or controlling. So, but, but what actually awakens was, all, 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 was already awake. Awakening is already the case. There's nothing, there's nothing to realize. Anudriya Samyak Sambodhi is the fancy words for complete unexcelled awakening because there's no, there's no comparison to it. And it's not, an, it's not a, uh, it's not a, uh, not a goal or it's, uh, there's a goal quality to it, but, but you, you never end up anywhere. That's why the spaciousness of it is so scary to ego. And that's why quite often people will get close to it and then they'll turn away, turn away. They may not turn away from the teacher or the teaching, but they'll turn away internally and try to grasp onto some kind of accomplishment mentality. Sometimes they'll do that by starting to teach. That's why I say to my students, if they're a student of mine, don't teach unless you have to. I didn't. Don't teach. Don't teach. If somebody says, how do you meditate? Uh, you can tell them how to meditate. That's an instruction. But don't function to teach someone the Buddha's Dharma unless, you're, unless you've realized it. And there will be no credential. You will not feel like you've realized anything. If you do, then that's what? Fishy. Valley. Yes. There's an, a, a question on YouTube from Bob Holman. Yes, Bob. What is the difference between training the mind and just observing the mind? So observing the mind, you can kind of convince yourself that you're doing that. But training the mind means that uh, you're going to use forms to help uh, give you some kind of a container uh, for the for so the structure is strong enough so that you're self-centered opinion about yourself as being a good observer uh, uh, loses its tail feathers. That's not going to fly. And it's uh, it's disappointing to ego to realize that uh, it looks like I'm going to have to train my mind. You can spend your whole life uh, 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 being totally enraptured by your ego. As um, I can name a few people that I really like that are great creative people like Picasso, totally in love with his creativity in his mind. But he was paranoid and fearful of death. And because he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have a teacher. He didn't have anyone. Uh, all he had was his dad, who 
uh, when he saw uh, the genius that his son was, he put his brushes away. I'm not going to get in that guy's way. I'm going to support him. He's a, a genius. So training the mind uh, seems to be necessary to have some kind of a structure and a form. And I'm not saying that the, the Buddha's Dharma is the only way. I'm sure there are other ways, um, maybe shamanistic ways or uh, different forms of Buddhism or different forms of uh, uh, approaching uh, and, uh, a Brahmanism or Advaita and so on. But it seems to be necessary to have a teaching person uh, and a teaching uh, that everything is dependently arisen. Nothing comes from its own side as, as an entity or a self or a being and a community or other people one can engage with that are studying that so that you can see, uh, so you can contrast somewhat, not, not evaluate, but contrast the way some people are uh, handle and work with the Dharma different than other people. That contrast is very important. Uh, that, that's why the Sangha is, uh, I sometimes say it's one of the most uh, important aspects of the three jewels because the, the Sangha won't be there without the teaching. And if there's a Sangha, the teacher is uh, is part of that sangha, so that sangha is important. More about that, Bob? Because I'm buying. Um, you talked about the um, meditation at the temple on Thursdays, but for the last three or four years, we've also opened up in Traverse City. Could offer that to people too. I can put the Zoom number in the box. Sure, great, good idea. Yeah, people put. And people can connect up with uh, the website. I think people probably know that, and you can go there, and all these uh, connections are yeah, there. Yeah, uh, we have a, a page. We, ha we have, um, I think, I don't know if we advertise all our Zoom numbers on there. Um, okay. You can contact either the main temple or us through the main website. Certainly. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a lot of support in that from that point of view. Good idea. Further questions about uh, block setting? Something that you often teach is consciousness finds its own form. Yes. So when we're looking at the practice of block sitting, what is consciousness finding its own form? You're looking at the crap floating around in your mind. That's that's the form that it's that's there in your particular uh, uh, consciousness. The the consciousness that is attached to this body mind complex, this organism called uh, this living being. Uh, we're calling Shoka, or I'm calling Shoka. Uh, it's finding its own form, and you need to watch it. When I say that, you don't need to do anything. You can go and do something else with your life. I might give you a hard time if you do that, but you being a monk. But yeah, consciousness always finds its own form. It's just a way of saying that the consciousness will either show up as an ego or will show up as the Buddha. So the, the, the Buddha, uh, Buddha nature is not selective. Uh, there's no picking and choosing there. And you could say, I could say, and our culture is going to say, well, you have to pick something. I mean, what about evil people? What about this? Uh, you could ask questions about that. I'd be happy to uh, endeavor to respond to those. It always finds its own form. And, and it does not ignore dependent origination as long as we're in a physical realm called the realm of desire. The realm of form, the formless realm, this is the realm of desire where we want something else. Human beings, uh, antelope, bees, tomatoes, 
Tomatoes want nutrients from the soil. Tisho. Uh, when you say consciousness does not ignore dependent origination, that seems to imply that consciousness is outside of dependent origination. Is that you? It's both. It's both. Yeah. Good. Good question. It's both the way uh, Shoka is asking about that is just it's just a way of talking about it. Dependent origination is consciousness, uh, but but the path is yeah. <laughs> the path is to sit down. Here we are in a physical form in in the illusion of time and space as a human being, and trying to get ahead and be happy and get a relative happiness. You know what I'm talking about, and what is arising in this this uh, mandala, in this space, is not separate from the space in which it is arising. You have to realize it. You can't think your way into this. If you think your way into it, you will blow a fuse. You have to see, you have to see that everywhere you look, there isn't anything else. There isn't anything else but this. The elseness is really powerful, and it'll show up in, in, in the form of your, your spouse or something being upset with you, or you thinking somebody is uh, abusing you or mistreating you. These are incredibly magnetic powers that pull you at the apparent self, and there isn't one. I'm not saying there isn't emotion coming up, but there's no solid being here. There's no self in the skandhas. Form, feeling, perception, concept of the thinking process, the naming process, and consciousness of the six sense fields and their objects. Taste, smell, touch, hearing, sight, thinking. There's, it, it comes together and it, it creates the illusion with the, the, the body arising in three-dimensional space. Um, but there's no one there. There's no solid being. I'm not saying there isn't a body there in an apparent spatial dimension, of course. But there's no solid being there. The, the identity is unreal. And if you grasp at the identity, it's going to hurt because you've got nerve endings that need to be protected or need to be... Uh, held up uh, where the where the really nice feathers are at, but who you actually are, uh, not separate. So when I say consciousness always finds its own form, it's a, a relative way of using very fundamental ideas: form and space. The mind is like the sky; the clouds are like the thoughts. So consciousness always finds its own form. It's like a blue sky finding clouds because of what. Hot and cold, moisture, forms, forms. It's an astonishing thing. You're not separate from all of that incredible ordinary magic. If you see it, uh, the whole world becomes magic. At the same time, it's flat out beige. Same time. It's called non-duality in other traditions. Advaita. You can see this. If you want to see it, I'll help you. If you don't, do something else. You're not doing anything wrong. Consciousness, your mind will find the form that it needs. And it may be to go and uh, gamble, or it may be to go and uh, um, uh, live in uh, Argentina and, and become a, what, gaucho? Yeah, gaucho. Maybe to, uh, one fellow I just met, I don't know if he's on here or not, I just met him. He's traveling, he's a nomad. He's been traveling all over the place. Uh, what, what is this? Yeah, Kurt. Right now he's um what is Kurt doing? I don't know, but building he's building an art studio in Nashville, Indiana. He's building an art studio in Nashville, Indiana. The next thing he's gonna go out 
where the bison are in the lake. Um, can't think of the name of the lake. It's uh, southern uh, Montana. Yeah. West Yellowstone. He's going to uh, volunteer to uh, to uh, watch over the, the buffalo, the bison there. It's a not-for-profit. So this is what he's doing with his life. So right or wrong, I have no idea. That's, that's his uh, situation. I'm just using him as an example of some odd, unusual kind of uh, nomadic life that he's been living. I think he's going to go to Japan next and wander around the islands there. <laughs> I'm going to stay here. How about you guys? <laughs> oh, right or wrong is always extra. You don't, you know, I, I sometimes say, if you don't need to do this, don't do it. Don't do anything unless you need to. But if you do need to do this, maybe it's time for the causes and conditions that arise in your particular mind stream to train your mind, like Bob Holman was asking about. Um, observing is the difficulty with not having a, some kind of mind training is you won't know when you're uh, when the self-centeredness is grasping at something as the truth just because it's it's tied to and addicted to polarity or right and wrong up and down back and back and forth success and failure and it's rubbed in our, our faces rubbed in it all the time over and over have you ever had a, a really delicious uh, chocolate cake and then had one that sucked duality I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not about getting the good chocolate cake and keeping the bad one away. No manipulation. If someone serves it to you, eat it. If you don't, you must have some questions about that. I'm just telling you to eat bad food. <laughs> Is there any benefit to sitting longer than four hours? Yeah, you know, that's why we have the, the, the Thursday. Uh, you could sit longer than four hours if you wanted to, but I think sitting the four hours and make it a form so that it's something you're doing so you're not kind of fluffing up your, your accomplishment mentality. If you set five hours, then you'll find yourself, even though you won't want to, you'll be telling people, say, well, yeah, I've been sitting, block sitting. Actually, I sit longer than that now. You know, and you'll be congratulating yourself or something. It's already set up on Thursday if you want to do it as a form, four hours in the morning, four hours in the afternoon. I think it's 7 to 11 in the morning and 1 to 5 in the afternoon. We've been doing that for a few months now uh, because there's no because we don't have people coming into the monastery as we did in the past where everyone can sit together because of the not knowing how what to do about this uh, um, uh, virus situation for sure. But you could sit more. The, it would be better to sit another blocks uh, session in the afternoon. That way it makes it nice and crisp. You know, you know what it is. You know what the form is. It's easier to observe that form and and, uh, and actually watch what moves in it. Watch the mind move if you stay there the whole time and if you get up and leave. Or if you uh, the other kind of movement is if you actually have a whole hour in there where you were daydreaming so much you forgot you were in a body-mind complex and you were in... Uh, um, you know, in California, or you're in a uh, old vacation place that you went to and had a lot of fun, and you're remembering all your good times there. It's all about, always about awareness. It's not about being wrong. Or this is why some people teach training the mind to be here. Label thinking, return to the breath, shamatha vipassana. I'm not against that. Do all of it you want to. If you want to do that, do that for years and years. Do, it's good to have a teacher that's teaching you that. 
but uh, I taught it. I was trained in that in 1978. I taught it for decades. I don't teach it anymore because um, I just think it's uh, Shikantaza works better to do what? See what's true. Another question from Bob. Yeah, Bob. Walking paths in the islands of Japan, wasn't that a discipline of Zen monks? Is that a stairway to Satori? Uh, yes and no. If you're in Japan and you're a Zen monk uh, and you have a teacher and you're functioning in that way, that may be helpful. But those are those are past times. It gets it's a pretty fancy if a Westerner goes and do, does that because they weren't they weren't raised in that culture. Our cultural situation is quite a bit different. So I'm not sure exactly what you're asking me uh, other than to say that somebody should wants to do that. I would no matter who they were, I'd say, yeah, if you can afford it and if you can go do that and go ahead and do that. But if they say, what do you think I should do? If they're a student of mine, I would say, I think you ought to go into retreat. I think you ought to go, perhaps, depends on who it is. You might want to go, if I go to Japan, why not just go into the into the woods or go into a into a cabin or into an isolated situation in practice for a few years? The walking situation in Japan was a was a practice. Also in China, there was a lot of a pilgrimage going from monastery to monastery. That somewhat, uh, um, I don't know if it replaced it, but it was because the communication was important between uh, the various uh, teaching lineages there, not only in Japan, but also in China. And that was a, one of the ways that they communicated is to have monks uh, um, uh, travel from one place to the next, meeting different teachers and so on. And now you can... You can do it on Zoom. <laughs> One last question, if you have it. Raphael Valley. Yes, Raphael. No, you said that the ego has its has its own ideas of what it can what it could become if it's so clearly. Do you think those ideas sometimes come from all the stories of like enlightened beings that are so prevalent in the literatures of how they end up acting that the ego starts to think that if I see clearly, I should become like that? Yes. That's where it comes from. That's why you need a teacher. I mean, if you read about Melarepa, if you read about Gampopa, if you read, uh, read about Weineng, if you read about... Uh, just read about uh, Suzuki Roshi, who is a living teacher. Read about His Holiness the 16th Karmapa, who came from Tibet, who, who escaped. Read about um, my uh, teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. All different kinds of functioning. But yeah, I think we're I think we're we get pretty uh, pretty inspired by those uh, stories, the stories of, uh, of all those ancient teachers and so on but you still need to live your life. Uh, the, uh, go ahead, Anna Maria. Um, so I've been block sitting once a week and I find that I, often I get a little more lax with the start time. Um, and as someone I've observed that fluctuates between doing it right and perfection and also kind of pushing it off and that lacks mm -hmm. how how do i work with that to honor 
the the actual discipline of the four of the four hours of block, and and also not dip into the perfection. Well, I wouldn't worry about wouldn't worry about your your added uh, comments or perfectionism. You're not going to be able to stop that. That's going to come and go. But what you what you can do is use the form as it's being taught. It's four hours. I'm not doing anything with the space. I'm not saying you have to maintain anything. I'm saying you need to start it and try to start it, you know, within a minute or two of when it starts. And then four hours later, and that's all I'm saying. And then sit down, if you can, sit there and hold still for that time. And if you can't, then pay attention to your mind stream, what's happening, and then watch the way you get up and leave a form that you've actually agreed to do to agree to observe, but then watch what moves in that form, including your body. The body and the mind, the thoughts, thoughts moving and body moving are not two different things. They're just separated. They look different, but they're not two different things. They're differentiated and they are fueled by uh, open fear and desire. So it's just an observing practice. So if you want, you're asking me, so I'm saying, try to be as crisp as you can about those times. Don't worry too much about what's happening in there or how much you sit there, or how perfect you're sitting or how much time you're sitting. You have to start somewhere. So let's start with you need to get on the train because that's when the train leaves and you need to get off the train because that's when uh, it disembarks or whatever. So try to keep that very crisp. And that that crispness in the time, the gong, start it with a sound, end it with a sound, that very strength there will, will help you see more clearly what is moving inside of those uh inside of that particular form. And I'm bowing. It's challenging because I know that there's a train that comes every 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, so what I'm, what I'm hearing is that the, the content is none of my business, but the start and end. Yeah. You get on the train and you can't get on the train and uh, you get on the train to use the, the metaphor of a train, get on the train and there you don't know who those guys are. And, uh, you know, you sit down next to some, sometimes you have a really good time. Sometimes, uh, uh, you know, they're just the people around you are just thoughts. They're just hanging out. Just, uh, uh every time you, you do anything with, when thoughts arise, do nothing with it. Uh, uh, give it its own lifetime. Don't destroy thoughts. Uh, in the, in the precepts, uh, that you have studied the first, uh, the first priest, the first grave precept is not to kill. Start with your own thought patterns. Don't kill your own thoughts, nor resurrect them or try to foist them on someone else. Do nothing with them. Strike the gong four hours later. Ding, ding. I'll help you again. Here's the first one. That's how that sounds. Sit there for four hours. Or or get up and move around, whatever shows up for you, and then box it. Just a block of time, uh, and it will help you. Thank you. Can someone dedicate the merit at the monastery, please? May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Sa, the tender 
directions, the free world, solve the does, all venerable ones, bodhisattvas, mahasattvas, the great Rajya Paramita. Bodhisattvas, the ten directions, the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors, heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, fill them with light. Posez-vous toujours être au clair siempre seis feliz. I don't have the Polish down yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> 